if not now tell me when if not now welcome to just married stories about love and citizenship in the decade of marriage equality i'm jennifer bass this show tells the story of same-sex couples in the heartland and their journeys into marriage i had no clue that this piece of paper was going to to make such an impact on me at that moment. Piece of paper. I don't know what it was, but you know, it made it definitely made a difference. Frankie and Kelly got married in New York City on November fourth, twenty thirteen, exactly nineteen years after they met. With them at the wedding was Kelly's mom, Frankie's New York family, friends, and their children. Frankie and Kelly's story can't really be told without the kids. The kids, eight in all. But first, there were just two. Frankie was a 21-year-old college student when he adopted two boys. Dylan and Devin were in a homeless shelter where Frankie'd been volunteering. Their mom needed help, they needed attention, and with his own mom as backup, Frankie decided to take on the long-term commitment of raising a pair of brothers. Though he cleared all the adoption requirements and was in good standing with the state, a young single guy with kids brought judgment and unwanted attention. Back then, and maybe some today too, it's like, you know, there's stereotypical things like, you know, is he a pedophile, you know? So it was scary. Um, so I kept things kind of well, very much on the, on the download and decided that uh, I just wasn't going to be able to come out ever. I thought one day I'd wake up and I would be heterosexual. I kind of knew I wasn't. But, you know, I'd pretty much go to bed every night, kind of asking God, you know, to bring some woman that would help change me or something. Because um, I wanted a family really bad. That was my number one goal. Frankie had dated women, loved women. Searching for Ms. Wright was not working for him. Four years after adopting the boys, Frankie put an ad in the local weekly. So I went ahead and took out a little thing and said, I think bi, looking for other bi, and I describe myself as um, straight, what did I say? I'm straight acting, football player type, <laughs> looking for bi, straight acting, no, no fan, no fan, no fan, no fan. No fan <laughs> somebody that I could fake with. Um. Enter Kelly, a handsome 21-year-old closeted college student living at home in rural Martinsville with his parents. He took the bait and they planned to meet at Frankie's. Frankie describes their first meeting. Um, you know, and my mom was living with me half-time. Um, she was lived up in Indianapolis and would come down and help me with the boys during the, the like, half the week. So this was a day that she was not there. And so I had to get the house, I had to make kid proof, I had to get rid of all the kid stuff. I had no like plans initially of what was going to kind of happen. Kind of sporty looking car kind of coming around early, it was early in the afternoon. And I look out and I just, just, I knew that was him, I was like, holy shit, I scored. And you know, you just kind of you know come around the corner. <laughs> it was goes, a cul-de-sac. It was so a cul-de-sac. I just didn't drive by. Yeah, so I was like, I knew it was him, and I could see him kind of like trying to sneak by. And I was like, yeah, I was like, figured, you know, that who else would be cruising the cul-de-sac? Let's just say that for a first meeting, it was a big success. 
but there was one little thing that Kelly didn't know about this guy, kind of like the stuffed elephant in the room. Here's Kelly to tell his part of the story. At Coda's house, you know, we talked for a while, and, you know, I had to use the restroom, so I'd go in, there's a, there's a shoe in there. There's a little kid's shoe. And <laughs> I come back out. He didn't clean that well. Um, and I come back out. I said, so you live in this house all by yourself? Because they had a basement, a walkout basement, and a two-story. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I live here all by myself. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't ask. I didn't say whose shoe is that. We talked on the phone Saturday, and that's when he told me. I have kids. I have two kids. With that, so that was like my first coming out, just admitting that I had children. Things progressed. Frankie was ready to come out to his mother. Mimsy was open and progressive, the world's most loving person, according to her son. It should have been a no-brainer. But when you're a couple of jokers, the conversation can quickly dissolve. Didn't go quite as smoothly as expected. And I was just like, Mom, I got something to tell you. And every time I like come close to it, and I don't joke about it, nothing. Um, and I could not get the word out. And I finally got the word out. I was like, Mom, I'm gay. And she goes, no, you're not. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm gay. No, you're not. You're going to convince me that you're gay. And then you're going to screw with me and tell me. You can laugh at me and say, ha, ha. And, you know. So I was like, no, Mom, I'm gay. I'm really, this is hard for me. You are not. I'm not falling for it, Frankie. You're full of shit. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I built myself up to this. And now she's like not believing me because, you know, I screw around with a lot. And, you know, came, karma came knocking back at me at that time. So I had to convince her. I was like, no, Mom, seriously. I'm gay. So... Now, Kelly was really in no rush to reveal his sexual orientation to his parents. He was spending a lot of time at Frankie's, coming home late. His parents were beginning to wonder about this friend. So we were hanging out a lot. I wasn't home anymore like I used to be. And, you know, she was just like, well, who the hell is this? You know, why, what, what are you doing? You know, she's very, like, inquisitive and asking tons of questions. She called me from Florida. They were on vacation in Florida. And she called and she was talking about, I don't remember how it even came up. And she said something about, is Frankie gay? And I said, yes. And she's like, are you gay? And I said, yes. And this is exactly for word for word what she said to me on the phone after I told her I was gay. She's like, you mean you Sorry, but FCC regulations won't allow us to repeat what his mom said to him. I did finally hang up on her when she's like, after all we've done for you. I was like, click. But that was then. Kelly's parents lightened up and Frankie and Kelly settled into life taking care of the two boys, ferrying them to sports practice and doctor's appointments, the stuff you do as parents. The boys were growing up and getting ready to leave home. Kelly was dreaming of vacations and freedom from childcare, but Frankie had another answer to Empty Nest. I don't know if you remember this at all, but Rosie O'Donnell had this big special where they, all these gay families went on a cruise and there was a documentary about it. And we watched that and he's, that was it. Then he's like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta have more kids. And you bought into it. I agree. We compromised. I said, okay, we'll get our foster parents license and we'll get two. They'll be older. And that's what it was going to be. Well, it didn't quite turn out that way. The first call came at the end of 2002. There was a nine-year-old boy with intellectually disabled parents who needed a stable home. 
Next, a few months later, they called about a four-year-old, heavily medicated and living in a psych hospital. This little boy had been severely abused. They took them both. They called again at the end of June of 2004 and said, we have a sibling group of three. One boy is six years old. There's a girl. She's 18 months old. And then there's a baby who's three months old. No, they said six months. Well, I know, but he would end up being three months old. Big difference. One had been in a psych hospital. One had been severely abused. One had witnessed a shooting, sex abuse, failure to thrive, cognitive delays. One had been put into ice baths to calm him down. And the three-month-old was never out of a car seat. And then we, they called and said, you know, Bailey's mom is pregnant. Will you take the baby? The baby was born two weeks premature, weighed less than five pounds. Thank God for our village, because everybody, you know, boom, baby's coming, and everybody showed up, stuff, and to meet the baby, and your parents, and everybody. So we went from two to eight in less than a year. The state of Indiana allowed Frankie and Kelly to adopt the kids nobody else wanted from failed heterosexual parents, but they couldn't be legally married if they wanted to because they're gay. Back in the early days of their relationship, the guys took a spring break trip to New York. Frankie introduced Kelly to the extended family and to the city itself. I always had a big love for the Brooklyn Bridge and that area and, you know, like looking down, just kind of talking about silly stuff that you just didn't even think was going to be literally possible in our lifetimes, and that was marriage. If it ever legal, we'll get married on the Brooklyn Bridge. It was just kind of like, just silly kind of talk that we never really thought. We were on top of the, you know, Twin Towers at that point. It all came together in 2011 when New York became the sixth state to legalize same-sex marriage. We just wanted a quick and over and done and we're going to go play in the city. And my aunt, who was 80 at the time, or a little older than that, um, said, absolutely not. You know, you're going to have a wedding. And, you know, she go, we will plan it. We will set it all up. We'll pay for it. I mean, it was really important to the family that we have this, this thing. And, she, and we wanted her to marry us. They set a date, November 4th. Aunt Carol got ordained to do the marriage. She and the family planned the wedding in view of the Brooklyn Bridge. So we, we walk through and everybody, the, the crowds go um, apart and we go in there. And then everybody closes in on us, you know, comes around. And my aunt, <laughs> we look at her and she has this robe on. It's white and she looks like a justice. And she's standing there. She was going to be official. And so she went to the, um, it was around October. So she went to the um, costume. costume store and got a nun's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what she yeah. wore. So it was hysterical. The trains were going on the Manhattan Bridge. So you couldn't hear. So she had to stop a couple of times. But it, was, times. I mean, it was New York. Yeah. It was and there was people in the park. I mean, there was all kinds. A beautiful, heartwarming day, chaotic and loving, surrounded by their kids and family and onlookers. 20 years for a marriage license, but in the meantime, Frankie and Kelly created a welcoming and nurturing sanctuary for eight children, plus dogs, cats, a pig, and a duck. What love has created, let no laws drive asunder. Will you be my refuge? My haven in the storm 
Will you keep the embers warm when my fire's all but gone? Will you remember? This week's episode was produced by Jennifer Bass with recordings from Betsy Joes. Thanks to Carrie Newcomer and Blue Dot Sessions for musical clips. Support for Just Married comes from the Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research, New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. It's gonna take some time till the world feels safe again. Will you be my refuge?